Hey, hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, the day after Christmas. I hope you got everything that you were hoping for and a whole lot more. Since we already got everything we already need anyway. But Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year this week uh, as we begin to move into a new year. Uh, that is really cool. We are talking about our God of wonders and what a wonderful work of God he is. I mean, I mean, how awesome is it that we can wake up every day on this earth knowing that the God who created us is with us and for us and walking with us and doing everything he can to help us along the way to, to give light to our path and to give wisdom to our head and to give passion to our heart and help us to live on this earth the greatest life that we could ever live in the midst of a world that has been taken over by the enemy. Satan is in control of this world. We all, we know that. We have talked about that over and over again. So we are missionaries on this planet. It's world is not our home. We're headed to a place in heaven where our citizenship is there. And so we have a wonderful God. And we're, we're talking about this series because of three things. One, we want to point out the greatness of God, the wonder of God, and the, awe, the awesomeness of God. And then hopefully that will encourage us as we live our lives. So we, no matter what happens to us, no matter what, sickness, disease, death even, no matter what, we are encouraged to know that we serve a God of wonders that, that, that is beyond this world. It's not about this life. This life is going to be filled with highs and lows. We're, we're okay with that. The encouragement we have is eternal encouragement that we are going to live forever with God. So whatever happens here, happens. It's all, it's all good. It's going to be all good. And that will impact our hearts, this wonder of God, this encouragement we've received, the impact on us, and then the impact we're going to go make on the world. And I don't know what you've been doing up to this point in your life, but 2022 is right here. And this is the great time in every year that we get at the end of the year where we could say, am I happy with what I'm doing? Am I happy with the way I live my life, the way I serve God, the way I go about things? Or do I need to make a change? And this is a great time to do that, to say, I'm going to serve God more uh, with more purpose this year. I'm going to find some, some real tangible ways to serve the Lord, and I'm going to get busy doing that. I hope that impact will impact you in such a way that you're going to go out and impact the world. Well, we're talking about the wonder of God in the world. Lots of ways that we see the amazing wonder of God in the world. We've talked about a number of these places that maybe you have been or, or uh, you've seen or saw pictures or whatever. Uh, but there are some wondrous natural wonders in the world. Last week we talked about the wonder of God in the womb and how 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 amazing uh, the womb is and, and that God's greatest work, God's greatest wonder is not the northern lights. It's not the Taos hum in New Mexico. It's not the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls. The greatest wonder of God in all of creation and eternity is that he creates in a mother's womb, in a human being's womb, he creates another person. That is a wonder above all wonders. It's the womb where God 
knits us together. No child born to us is like the one born to Mary 2,000 years ago on that, what we celebrate Christmas morning, right? Baby Jesus, whose birth was supernatural, a supernatural birth, a supernatural rescue where God used normal people, ordinary people just like us and just like Mary to pull it off. That's what we said last week. And this is kind of a, a part two of last week's sermon about the womb and about baby Jesus as we think about this Christmas time. The wonders of God in the world are amazing, but especially the wonder of God in the womb. And secondly, we see the wonder of God in his word. We see God's great wonder in his word because God is a God of rescue. That's what the, the birth of Jesus is really all about. It's about a rescue. And there's other times that God rescued people in the scriptures. Let me point out a couple of them. In Acts chapter 12, Peter is thrown in prison because... He's preaching about Jesus and they don't like it. And so he's in prison. And while he's in prison, the church, that new church in the book of Acts is praying earnestly for Peter. They're praying, God be with Peter. God help Peter. God rescue Peter. God give Peter the strength to say whatever it is you want him to say. Well, at midnight, an angel comes into the prison taps Peter on the shoulder and says, get up. And they get up and Peter's chains fall off. The, the guards all go to sleep. The doors open up and Peter walks out of the prison. The angel leads Peter out of the prison cell and back out into the street into freedom. It was a rescue from God that God just did it all. God didn't use anyone to pull it off. He steps into our world and he rescues Peter from our world. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, another rescue, verse 7, Then we cried out to the Lord. This is the Israelite people back in uh, the time of Egypt. And the God of our ancestor. And the Lord heard our voice and he saw our misery, toil, and oppression. And so the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with a great terror and with great signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and he gave us this land, a land flowing of milk and honey, a beautiful land, a rich land, a prosperous land, the promised land. God leads his people into the promised land, but God uses people. He used Moses, right? He used, he used people to lead the, 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 the Hebrew children, the Israelites, out of slavery, out of bondage, and to the promised land. Another amazing rescue of God, as God co-partners with people to pull it off. At times, God does it all on his own. Other times, God chooses to use us for the rescue. And in the birth of Jesus, God co-partners with Mary and with Joseph and with Elizabeth and, and, uh, and Zechariah and angels and the prophets. And, and all these people are used in, in this process, part of the Christmas story, the shepherds and, and the magi later on when he's a boy. 
Um, and so today, today what I want to do is just answer the question, what is so special about this baby Jesus? What is so special about the wonder of baby Jesus? And, you know, to you and me, that may not really be a question. We've, we've accepted Jesus as Lord. We know what we believe. We know that he is the son of God. And so for you and I, we, we may not be asking that question, but here's the thing. Not all of the world knows and believes it. Not all of the world population believes in Jesus. We, we know that, right? We know that. In fact, there are almost 8 billion people in the world. Notice billions, not trillions. There's billion, 8 billion people in the world. There are about 333 million people in the United States. Again, not billions and not trillions, but millions. Those are huge numbers apart from millions uh, to, to, to billions to trillions. That trillions is astronomical numbers. Keep that in mind. There's a chart here I want to show you. In this chart, it shows that all these main world religions, Islam, Hinduism, non-religious, Buddhism, and all these others, Christianity is the biggest piece of the world population. And that is really cool. But when you look at that, that's 33%, which means three-fourths of the world does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. A, a, a three-fourths of the planet. Think about that. That's If you break it down, it's three-fourths of our country. That's three-fourths of your neighborhood. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, the major number. If you're in a group of uh, like 10 people, three-fourths of those people don't know Jesus. Only a few of them do. That's huge. That's a large number. There's a lot of people who do not know who Jesus is and have not put their faith and trust in him. And so it's really important that we know that, that, that we can trust Christ, that who he, he is, who he said he is, and that we can share him with confidence to, to other people that they would put their faith in Jesus too. Our goal is to get this number higher before Jesus comes up back, before he comes back to rescue us, right? So, so what's so special? What's so special about baby Jesus? What's so special about him? Well, let me share a few things with you about why he is the greatest wonder in all of creation, in all of the uh, galaxies, in all of the natural world, and in, in the womb, and what sets Jesus apart from every other baby ever born to mankind. All right, the first reason that I want to share with you about why Jesus is so special, why he is the greatest wonder on the planet is this. He is the one ancient of days. Now, that seems like a really weird term, ancient of days. We don't talk about that. We hear about it maybe in some songs that we sing around Christmas time or in our hymn books, if you still use hymn books. The ancient of days. Jesus's birth was foretold hundreds of years prior to Jesus being born on the earth. Let me share with you a few things. Micah, Micah, who is a prophet that lived around 700 B.C., which is 
hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus ever stepped on the planet, said this, but you, Bethlehem, and that's where Jesus was born, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Ancient, don't think of ancient like we do. We tend to think of ancient like, oh man, you're ancient. Like you don't know anything. You're ancient. You're out of touch. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about Jesus from the ancient of days. It's much bigger than that. It's much deeper than that. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, who spoke and lived around 720 BC, so that's, again, hundreds of years before Jesus stepped on the foot, he wrote, the prophet Isaiah wrote, and he said this, Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, it is not enough to try the patience of humans. Will you not the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. And that happened exactly like Isaiah said it would happen. Hundreds of years from, from ancient days. Another prophet by the name of Daniel wrote, and Daniel uh, spoke around 580 BC, so like hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus steps on the planet. And he said, as I looked, thrones were set in place and the ancient of days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. His hair of his head was, uh, his head was white like wool and his throne was flaming and its wheels were like a blaze. So Daniel, Micah, Isaiah, these guys all wrote, and others, other prophets wrote hundreds, remember hundreds of prophecies about the Christ, the Messiah, the baby, Jesus, and where we'd be born and where we'd come and how we would grow up and what he would do. So many scriptures from hundreds of years prior. These are just three of them. Ancient does not mean necessarily just old, but from ancient times. As in like everlasting to everlasting, the alpha and the omega, the beginning, the end, before the beginning of time as we know it. So when we're talking about Jesus from ancient days, we're talking about Jesus before the creation of the planet itself. Like he's from way back in the day. We talk about being back in the day, you know, back in the day we did this and Jesus is truly from back in the day, way back in the day. In fact, Jesus, Jesus isn't from time at all. He was born into time to rescue you and me who are trapped in time. But he is truly from before time. Paul points out the supremacy of Jesus when he wrote to the Colossians. Here's what he said. The son, Jesus, the son of God, the son is the image of the invisible God. He is the God in the flesh that we can see of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, think about this, all things were created. In Jesus, everything was created. He was part of creating. Back in Genesis, when God said, let us make man in our image, the us is God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus the Son. Let us make man in our image. And Paul confirms that things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. He is before all things and in him all things 
hold together. Do you get that? Let me point out a couple things. All things were made by him and all things were made for Jesus. He is before all things and everything there is that we are aware of in the galaxies, in the universe, everything that there is hold together because of him and in him. He is from ancient of days. So he is the ancient of days, right? He is the ancient of days, the God of eternity. The only one, the only one of all those born of the womb. He is the only one worthy to be praised. He is the only one worthy to be worshipped. And he is the only one that has the keys of life and death, heaven and hell. Jesus, he is the, the one ancient of days. Secondly, why, uh, why is the wonder of baby Jesus so special? Why? Secondly, because he is born of God. He is born of God. You know, I was born of Frank and Bertha. And every one of us, maybe tuning in, if anyone is tuning in, uh, was born of somebody of the flesh. You have a mother and you have a, 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 a physical father. You have two earthly parents. But Jesus, he is born of God. And there is none like Jesus. Adam was created by God, so in a way he wasn't born from the womb. But only Jesus was born into the world through a womb of God. In fact, Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through, remember the prophets that spoke years and years ago. The virgin will, be, will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That was Isaiah's prophecy. And now Matthew is reflecting back on what the prophets said hundreds of years before Matthew wrote. How awesome is that? The apostle John wrote this in his gospel. In the beginning was the word. Okay, so we got the, the word. We got the word of God, right? We got the word of God. And the word of God is not just on paper. The word of God has got spoke the world into existence by his word. So his word is power. His word is spirit. His word is way more than what we have written on paper. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He, the word now is he, was with God in the beginning, and through him, him now is he, which is the word. It's all the same person. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. It's all talking about Jesus. In verse 14 of John 1, he says, And the word, this word, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. See, God, Jesus is God who became one of us to save us. You know, there were two that were born of God, right? Two that were born just of God. Everyone else was born of human, man and a woman. But two were born of God. We've already mentioned them. Jesus was born of God, we just talked about. And Adam was born of God. Remember, the womb of the earth was Adam's womb. The, the earth was Adam's womb. In Romans chapter 5, Paul talks about that chapter, you should read it, that sin came through one man, and that grace and salvation came through another man. In fact, in, in Romans 5, Paul says, consequently, 
just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification for life for all people. So he's speaking in general terms. Sin came to the world through Adam. Salvation comes to the world through Jesus, right? For just as through the disobedience of Adam, the one man, the many were made sinners, we all now have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So also through the obedience of the one man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. Adam brought this, the, the curse of sin and death into the world. Jesus brought the remedy of sin and death to you and me as a gift of, of grace. Jesus is born of God, and Jesus being born of God gives him, gives Jesus the authority to cancel out the written code, the sinful punishment that comes to those who sin and are separated from God, right? The law brought death. The fact that we have the law points out that we're sinners and how we're sinners and why we're sinners and all the, the, the rules that we have broken from God. And so all the law does was show us that we're sinners. It teaches us that we are, we've messed up. God said that the soul that sins will die, right? And all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's, God's aim for us, his, his perfect will for us. We are not perfect people. We all have sinned. We all must confess to God that we are sinners. We are sinners and he alone is holy and perfect. That truth of God's word had to be paid. God said, if you sin, you die. So now you must die. Every one of us should die. A second death be eternally cut off from God. We owed a debt to God for our sin that we could not pay. And Paul goes on to say in Colossians chapter two, when you were dead in your sins, and all of us were or still are, and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive in Christ. If you are in Christ, you have been made alive in Christ. For he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge or having canceled the written code of our legal indebtedness to God, which stood against us and condemned us. He Jesus, or God, has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public, a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Paul says, when we were dead in our sins, introduced to us by Adam, we bought in and sinned along with him. Jesus forgave us. Of all our sins. Jesus came and provided forgiveness of all of our sins, having canceled the charge, the written code, our legal, he says, our legal indebtedness to God. We owe God a price for our sin. And that price you and I cannot pay. The only way we pay it is by going to eternal hell separated from God forever. And God sends his only son to pay that price so that we don't have to pay that price. We can accept Christ as Lord, let Jesus be savior of our life, and we can be forgiven of our sin because God sent our forgiveness. He sent it, but we've got to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Our debt stood against us. It stood against us and it stood between us and God. And Jesus nailed our debt to the cross. 
you know, mere man, human being, just normal, every other human being, nobody could pay this debt. Only Jesus could do this, but only Jesus had to be born of man and God. He could not be born all of man. He had to be born of God and man in order for him to fulfill this, this debt that he is born human, fully human and fully God. It's the only way God would be able to pull it off. Only Jesus could do this. And only one who, like Adam, was born not of man, but born of God. And only Jesus could pull this off. Heaven came down. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And Jesus came into the world through a womb, the wonder of the womb. But Jesus was born of God. Huge point, a huge piece of, of truth that we need to understand as we think about how we can share the truth of who God is with the world, right? We see the wonder of God in the world. And, uh, and we see that Jesus Christ himself is born of God. And number three, Jesus was born to save. And that's what makes Jesus different than everyone else. It's what makes his birth the wonder, the wonder of all, the greatest wonder of all, that he was born to save, to save you and to save me. In Luke chapter one, the, the Christmas story, but the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never End. And Matthew writes, and he says this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. We went over these last week. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus came to save us from our sins. See it right there? To save his people from their sins. My sins are against me. Your sins against you. Jesus was born to save you from your sins sins, the sins that separated you from God, the sin that offended God, have to be paid. They have to be taken care of. In Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Oh, of the greatness of the government, of his government and peace, there will be no end. When you were born, you were born onto this planet. Your family, your parents, they had high hopes for you. They had great expectations for you. It's okay. Don't worry about it. They thought, look at this wonderful baby. Look at this precious little child. What would become of, of him? Or what would become of her? Maybe they would become a doctor or a dancer or a lawyer or an electrician or maybe a businessman or a, a professional athlete of some kind. Oh, the wonder of you. 
the baby, when you were born. And every kid grows up dreaming, right? We all grow up dreaming of being something special, maybe a fireman or an EMT or a cop or a nurse or a professional something. Every one of us wants to be something, or at least when we're children, we wanted to grow up and be something special, something unique, something that made a difference, something that, that, that was important, right? God's dream for Jesus. God had a dream for Jesus. And, and his dream for Jesus was full of determined purpose. His, his dream for Jesus was full of relentless passion and unwavering focus. His dream for Jesus was big. He came, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to serve and to not be served. He came to do the will of his father. He came not to bring peace on the earth, but to divide, to bring a sword. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus was born to take on his role. And his role was the Christ, the Messiah, the only position of authority and redemption. He is our redeemer. He is from ancient of days, and he was born of God. Jesus, what makes him so special? That's why this baby is so special. He was from, from before time, and he will be after time. And he is born on the planet of God. He is born of God. Isaiah wrote, and Isaiah said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah is pointing out that Jesus took the penalty for my sin. Paul, in writing to Timothy, in the New Testament, Paul writes this. He says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why Jesus came into the world. That's why Jesus is more special than any other child that will ever be born in all of history because Jesus has come to save sinners. And Paul adds, of whom I am the worst. Paul, Paul humbling himself and admitting that he is not perfect, not holy. He is a sinner and in need of a savior, just like everyone else. Jesus came not to indulge, but Jesus came to die. Jesus literally, he literally was born to die for our sins. He was born to save, to save you and me. And it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time in the city. You know, everyone is excited about Christmas. It's all about Christmas. And the world, for the most part, is consumed with gifts and presents, presents for all. And trying to, to find the right gift for the right person is incredibly difficult when most of our people have everything they need already. So here's the good news. Here's the good news for us today, and I'm done. God has already given you the greatest gift that you could ever receive. God has already given you a present like no other present. 
For God so loved the world that he gave you his one and only son. And Jesus was born to die for you. He was born to die for your sins and my sins. And the greatest gift that you can give this year, the greatest gift that you could give anyone this year would be for you to give God you. For you to give him yourself. I know it's not much, but it is to him. We look at ourselves, we go, I'm not much. Does God really even want me? The answer is yes. God wants you. He wants all of you. If you have never given Jesus Christ your life, I pray that you will do it today. That will, you will give him you today. And as we celebrate the birth of God's son on this weekend, and as we move into the, the fresh new year of 2022, give Jesus all of you and put a bow on it and say, Jesus, here I am. Like, here I am. All my hang-ups, whatever strengths I may have, with little or with much, here I am, God. Give him all of you this Christmas, right now, this year. I pray to God that you will do this if you've never done this. And here's all you need to do. Pray to God. Just do these things. Just listen. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is from ancient of days, that he was born of God, and that he came here to save you. That's why Jesus is, is, is the wonder baby in the womb of all babies. He is special for that reason. Give him you. Give him you. Believe that he is God's son. He is exactly who he said he was. Be honest with God. Confess. Just say, God, I'm a sinner. I do things I shouldn't do. And just be honest with God and just lay it out to God. Just you and God privately in a room. Just say, God, I believe in you, God. I confess my sin and just get honest with God. And then turn from your sin. Begin to make decisions and say, God, I'm going to repent from the way I'm living. I, want, I don't want to live for me anymore. I'm going to live for you, God. I'm going to start reading your word. and I'm going to let the word of God transform my life. And show me how to live. Not to be saved, but, to, but to, to, to honor God with my life. Jesus and his grace is the only thing that can save you. Not anything that you do other than respond to him in belief and faith. And, and if you'll do these things, believe, confess, repent, change your mind, change the direction you're going. And then be immersed into Christ. Be baptized into Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Give Jesus your life this Christmas. Give him your life before January 1st. Give him your life. If you need my help, I would love to help you. You text me, you call me, you email me, whatever you want to do. I will do whatever I can to help you with this. And give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ and he will make you a new creation. Only Jesus, that baby in the, in, the, in, the, in the manger who died on a cross for you, only Jesus is able to, to, to give you new life. And you die to him in baptism and you're raised with him in a newness of life. Give your life to Jesus. You must be born again, dead to your sin and alive to Christ washed in the watery grave of baptism. The wonder of God is baby Jesus. 
The greatest wonder of God on the planet is baby Jesus. Let him be your Lord and your Savior of your life right now. Give him all of you. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. If you've never given your life to Christ, I urge you, don't put it off. God bless.